I'm Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well. Brand new animated short film that's vying for Oscar and Annie Awards consideration. It is terrific. The Snail and the Whale. Joining me right now are directors Max Lang and Daniel Snadden. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having us. Hi. Wonderful to be here, Jackson. Thank you. I'm just going to name to start off some of the animated projects that you two have been involved in over the years. The list is incredible. The Gruffalo, Room on the Broom, Stickman, Revolting Rhymes, Zog, Albert. It's just incredible. Max, I'll start with you. Do you realize the kind of impact you have had on the animation world over the past 10 to 15 years? Oh, <laughs> that is a good question. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't think too much about that I really just love making films and if there's a nice and great story to tell then I try to do that so yeah I mean I'm not sure how much impact we have had but I hope there was some yeah Daniel you got to be feeling it too right I mean the, for animation fans watching these over the last several years I've admired what you guys have done and so many people out there as well well, thank you. Well, I know that Max has had a huge impact on, on, on our, my career and, and our studio because it was those first Magellite films that really got the ball rolling. And, um, and then uh, us in Cape Town got, got a chance to kind of pick the ball up uh, with Stickman. So, yeah, we, we, we owe Max and, uh, and, and Jacob and the other directors a lot of uh, a huge debt of gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your latest Snail on the Whale. I uh, had the chance to watch it recently. It is really sweet and it's emotional and we'll get into the different sections of it here in just a minute. Uh, like several of the other projects you've been a part of, this is adapted from a Julia Donaldson book. So uh, Daniel, what has your relationship with her been like uh, over the course of these shorts? Well, um, I, so I've worked uh, uh, on Stickman as co-director and on Zog as a director with Max. And Julia has always been very encouraging, but not, not too micromanagey or, you know, she's been really fantastic, actually. And I think that that's a lot to do with how well um, Max and, um, uh, and Jacob set up this, this sort of relationship with Gruffalo. I think they built a lot of trust there very early on, very respectful to the original source material. So, yeah, so we've reaped the benefit of that, too. <laughs> Yeah, what you guys have been able to do with these is, is just fantastic. And the visuals in this are absolutely wonderful. It is a splendor. And watching Snail and the Whale makes up for the uh, seventh grade whale watching trip I had in Boston, where <laughs> we may have seen maybe a whale and a half at the most, and everybody got sick on the boat, including me. So thank you for making up for that with this. Um, Max, what kinds of ocean research did you do for the visuals for this? Um, well, we, we uh, watched a lot of documentaries, but I've been thinking about making this film for over 10 years. So actually, I've been lucky enough to go on a whale watching trip myself in Alaska um, a few years back. And that definitely inspired some of the shots in, uh, in the North America section there. And I dug out my old um, pictures. But since this has been in the works for so long, it's been, um, yeah, I would say countless references, thoughts that have gone, gone into that. And so this has been in your mind for, for 10 years and you've had several animated shorts and specials come out in that period of time. Why did it feel like now was the right time for Snail and the Whale? It really was not possible before um, for several reasons. It was really, really challenging to adapt. 
um, because your main characters are a tiny, tiny snail and a giant whale. They hardly fit into the same frame. They don't have hands. They're not very anthropomorphic. They can interact with each other. Adding to that, we don't really want to add too much new dialogue or anything um, that's not in the book. So we've been figuring out the best way to adapt this story for a long time. At the same time, it's always been really one of my favorite picture books. I've read it to my own kids. Several times I've read it for myself, <laughs> countless times. So it was always in the back of my head and was always trying to get magic like pictures to like, yeah, maybe we can do it. Maybe we can figure it out. But there's also the technical challenges, of course, um, because on the other films, comparatively, like you look at them and it's, I would say, a few shots of special effects in each film and they take us the whole uh, period of production to work on. And this film is pr pretty much almost every shot is a special effects shot. So that was also a thing that was always very, very daunting. And then two years ago, three years ago, might be three years ago now, when we started working on this, it was really just the perfect time. The planets had aligned. The Triggerfish team was like really, really, they, they had built so much assets and experience and built the team up. And it was kind of the only possible time I could think of doing this film. It's really crazy. I, I don't even think you could do it now. <laughs> it was this perfect moment um, where, where it all came together. Yeah. A one-time-only experience. You got it done, and, and what you've made is, is fantastic. And you're right about the minimal dialogue. I was pleasantly surprised by that. But the, the dialogue is placed in really nice uh, ways and in sections. You've got Sally Hawkins as the voice of the snail. Now, I watched an interview with a director of a film she was in recently called Eternal Beauty. And the director talked about how she was so method as far as getting into character and her performance and all of that. Daniel, could you even tell that in her voicing a snail that she got sort of method and really into it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've worked with Sally before, uh, us uh, with her on Stickman and, and Max with her on Room in the Broom. And, um, and she's, she's just a, a genius and um, and as soon as she comes into the room and, and you turn on the microphones there, there's just so much wonderful um, thought and experience and variety that comes out. I sort of noted afterwards that I hadn't realized it at the time but she came prepared with a voice for Snail and it was only in, in, in going back to interviews with her and hearing her talk that I realized oh that's not how Sally sounds that's her snail voice <laughs> that she's doing but she made it seem so natural and effortless we just never questioned it we were like oh that's that's like a, that's amazing. That is so great. And Diana Rigg, uh, the late Diana Rigg passed away a few months ago. She voices the narrator, one of her final career contributions. Max, what attracted you to her and her to this project? Oh, we wanted, um, for the narrator, we wanted a voice that is very grounded and yet doesn't compete with the whale's voice. So we've been, we've been looking at a lot of candidates and she just stood out because um, she was at the same time emotional but there was also this authority and yeah, yeah. <laughs> warm, warm and authoritative at the same yeah. time. It's not an easy combination to find, right? <laughs> she, she just brought this, all this to her. And then at the same time, she, we haven't seen a female narrator that often, and especially in a role like that, where, where it has such a gravitas to it. And she brought all of that to the table. It was a very, very 
humbling experience to be working with her, I would say. She, she had it all um, worked out and was really, really perfect. It's, it's always intimidating if you work with people like that. Well, it's nice to hear her and fans of her will be able to hear her in this and, and really like um, all of her narration and especially as we get towards the end. And the final section to me is one of the most successful emotional things that you guys have, have ever done with any of your shorts because it's choreographed so well and handled so well. Either you can jump in on this. Did you feel the weight of it as you were making it as, as what we feel as we're watching it? Again, since we've been thinking about it for so, um, such a long time, it's, uh, there, there was always a lot of pressure on this project. Like it's, I, I would say it's our best film and we always wanted it to be our best film. At the same time, it was the most challenging of all the films. Like when we looked at it on paper with all the experience that we have um, of making these shorts, it was really kind of impossible to pull off. Like when you look at the, the assets count, the different scales, the water effects, and then still wanting to hit all the right beats in the story that um, it was a very, very daunting task. And there was a very brief period where we were all sitting together and kind of doubting if we could actually make it. And it <laughs> took a lot of um, optimism and kind of just shooting for the stars to make it. And luckily how it together was really because we had such an amazing team. I mean, they really outdid themselves and Whenever we told them, yeah, we might have to animate this a little bit faster. We might not be able to put in all the time. They always put in the extra work and delivered amazing results. Like every part of that team was just incredible. That's so good to hear. Max Lang, Daniel Snadden, the directors of Snail and the Whale, joining me right now on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Have you noticed a lot of your shorts and specials are released in other places around the world before they come here to America? Daniel, have you noticed that different audiences in different parts of the world respond to the different aspects or different portions of your films? I have had, my, my experience of watching the movie with different audiences is very limited. Um, I have had friends who have sort of sent me um, pictures when they've uh, gone to see, because it gets theatrically released in certain territories like France and Spain. And if there's a poster up or something and they see it, they'll send me a picture and we'll be able to see uh, Le Villain and Le Escargot <laughs> or something like that, you know. And that's always a thrill. I, I will say that, um, you know, he, uh, in, in England, it's amazing to, uh, to, to, to be there when these films are being released because Julia Donaldson, is such a celebrity there. I mean, her books are very, very beloved and um, there's, there's a lot of exposure for the films. So it's, it feels like an event, which is really exciting. It's a real privilege. And then here in South Africa, you can kind of catch them on streaming. So it's a, it's a lot less, I, I always try to make sure that I'm in England when, when we release these so that I can feel, feel like we're important <laughs> and then come home, come home and eat humble pie. <laughs> Speaking of event, one of the things that got me excited about talking to you guys today is that every year for the past 12 years or so, I have gone here in New York to one of the local multiplexes to see the Oscar-nominated animated short films presentation. And I always love seeing all the different animated shorts on the big screen with audiences, of people of all ages around me. I bring my cousin every year and I told him, I'm interviewing the guys that are doing the Gruffalo. And, and, and <laughs> he got so excited. Max, you've, you've been nominated twice for an Academy Award 
for, for two of these shorts and having many of them play either as nominees or highly commended shorts in this uh, presentation in theaters. What have the nominations and being a part of the Oscar shorts presentation meant to you over the years? Oh, <laughs> again, a very, very humbling experience. I always remember when you sit in the theaters and you watch these shorts together with the other nominees, it's always like, each of the shorts is so well crafted and so well done and they're all so different and it's kind of comparing apples and oranges yeah it's the animated shorts but you're sitting there's like yeah but all of them are great and i want all of them to win and the other nice thing about that is because um, it's so well organized by the academy that you actually get to meet the um, the other filmmakers and you become friends and <laughs> that leads to projects and collaborations and relationships down the road. So it's really mostly for me about the community, like where it's re really been changing and that you experience everyone for who they are and what they do and you appreciate everyone's work. It's kind of nice that it becomes less about the awards themselves and it's just about making films and telling good stories and interacting with um, your peers. I'm so glad that uh, all of these shorts have been able to be shown in theaters over the years. And no matter what happens with this year, uh, the Oscars being in April, maybe theaters will, will have this uh, and be open by then in order to show it, or at least on a streaming service or on the Shorts TV channel. I hope that this is a part of it. And I hope that people get to see all these animated shorts. I think I first became aware of the, the, through the same screening program, actually, in South Africa, that, that, that it traveled here. And we also, mm. so when we got a chance to work on the films, we were also like, what, it's these films? <laughs> it's like, amazing, yeah. That's so, so great. You know, after I screened Snail, uh, the night that I did, for the couple hours afterwards before I went to bed, in casual conversation, I happened to be rhyming. It was so random, but just the things that were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was rhyming. I couldn't believe it. Is rhyming so Im embedded into your brains? Well, obviously the rhymes are taken from Julia Donaldson. And I will say Snail in the Whale is probably one of her best um, poems. It's, there's so much poetry in this story. It's so well rounded. The characters already come to life in the rhyme. And then it's just, just such a beautiful rhythm in it. Like, I mean, I really, really love reading the book. If you get a chance, you should get the book. It's amazing to read. It's a pleasure to read to um, your kids, your nephews. Yeah, it's, it's just really, really fun. I, I have a two-year-old and it's amazing that uh, because of the rhyme, he can, he can start to recite words that he has no idea what they mean. He's ne he doesn't know, <laughs> doesn't know the context of what he's saying, but he, he, he understands the words. So yeah, it really gets, it really gets into the back of your, of your skull. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I have to imagine after doing several of these, you know, five or six, of the, however many you've done, that that, that rhythm is there and, and that's so cool that it is and that, um, yeah, kids of all ages can get into these stories and learn about them and learn about the storytelling process through what you guys are able to do as well. You've steadily put out a new short or special every year or two for the last decade or so. Uh, you talked about the timing of this and all that. How, how far in advance do you know when you'll be starting your next project? Do you already have something in the works? And, and what's that timeline usually like? The timeline, usually from the, from the finished script, I would say it's 18 months. It's about six months of pre-production and then um, a year of production with some overlap. 
yeah, often like with Snell and Mill, these these projects are like kind of percolating in the back of our heads. We're writing on these scripts. So we put them to the side. It is a really, really lucky experience, and we feel very blessed that we do have this audience that is kind of waiting on these films. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we just churn them out. For example, for me, there was a long break between Room on the Broom and Zog. And then Zog and Stan, they were completely overlapped um, because the timing was so right and it was the only moment where we could actually make it. So we... With, with those two films, we actually started Snail in the Way while we we're still in the middle of animation on Zaw. Um, <laughs> so there, there's no, even though it seems like they come out regularly every year, it's not always the same teams that are involved in them. And you just have to take it how it comes, I think. Like if, the, if it feels like the right time, you, we jump in and try to make them. And otherwise we try to support our friends who are making the other films. What does the future look like? Do you have something already that's, that could be coming out in the next year or two? Well, for me, actually, <laughs> because Snail and the Whale was this, literally this white whale I've been chasing. After that, I was kind of like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> no. That was the film I really wanted to make since we started making these films uh, with the Gruffalo. So me and my wife are actually mostly focusing on picture books and doing a lot there. And um, meanwhile, working uh, in the f feature films as sport artists. Nice. Daniel, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of got a, a couple of things that I've been developing with, with Magic Light that I can't, I don't think I can chat about those just yet, but, uh, but there's this sort of stuff ticking over. And, um, and I also have a feature film in development with Triggerfish, the studio that uh, made Snail and the Whale, uh, did the animation for Snail and the Whale for, for Magic Light. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. So busy, busy. busy. <laughs> it's great. Well, I, I love what you guys have been able to do with animated shorts and features and, and picture books and all that you've done uh, and your contributions to the animation world and community over the last 10, 12 years. I admire what you guys have done and congrats on this. I hope you're back on the ballot for Snail and the Whale. And thanks so much for being on the LCJ Q&A today. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Jackson. Max Lang, Daniel Snadden, uh, Snail and the Whale. Hopefully you'll be able to check it out soon, vying for Oscar and Annie Awards consideration. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to lights-camera-jackson.com and follow me on Twitter at LCJ Reviews and Instagram at Lights Cam Jackson. Thanks for listening to the LCJ Q&A podcast.